Bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. So excited you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. Foodie Friday, I've said it before, I'll say it again, is my favorite. I absolutely love it. I learned so much. And speaking of learning so much, this gorgeous, talented, brilliant woman who is a friend as well, actually taught me that I could use my beet greens and I recently used them and I sauteed them up in some avocado oil and garlic and mixed them with eggs and avocado. And it was fantastic. The woman I'm talking about is a fantastic Erin McDonald, RDN. We're going to be talking about her latest book, No Excuses, 50 Plus Healthy Ways to Rock Lunch and Dinner. Hey, Erin. Well, hey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. All right. Speaking of fabulous, everyone has got to get this book because, okay, not only are the recipes completely amazing, but I love the way it, the pictures are great and there's illustrations and it's written like you're talking to your girlfriends and it's just super effective. And we are breaking down the excuses. That is what you are all about. We've done the no excuses. You have the breakfast book. Now we're doing lunch and dinner, which I know people are asking you. So let's get into this because the excuses is what gets in the way. Totally. And you know what? I've been a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and health coach for more than 20 years. So I've been at this game a long time. And the one thing that is consistent among all my clients is the excuses. I don't have a lot of time. I don't know what to make. I'm a klutz in the kitchen. I, you know, I don't want a heavy meal. Carbs make me fat. So, you know, we took all these excuses as to why people couldn't cook themselves breakfast, lunch, dinner, any kind of meals, and broke down all the excuses, busted all the excuses, and provided recipes to make it easy to make meals that are nutritious and delicious and just make it possible on a daily basis that you get a fresh quality meal that's full of real, you know, whole, clean foods versus the processed junk that we, uh, you know, we end up defaulting to when we don't make ourselves a real meal. It is so true. Well, let's talk about some of these excuses. Okay. I don't have the time. That is what you hear the most. So what do you say to that, Erin? You know, it's funny. I always say, you know, you don't have the time. Okay. So let's talk about meal prepping on the weekends when you probably do have the time. And most people will say, yeah, you know, on the weekends, we sit around, we watch a lot of TV, or we hang out, or we go out to lunch, we go out to dinner, we watch a movie. And I'm like, that's so many hours that you actually have that you could use (laughs) to meal prep for the whole entire week. So there are lots of people who are totally crazy Monday through Friday. Hey, I get it. You got work, you got kids, you've got school, you've got commitments. And if you have kids, you've got to, you know, drive them from here to there and there to here and juggle everyone's calendar. It is sometimes hard on a nightly basis to take a half an hour to an hour to whip up a fresh meal. I totally get that. But on the weekends, you can shop, prep, and get almost all of your cooking done so that during the week, all you have to do is slide it out of the refrigerator, reheat it, and you've got a freshly cooked meal on the table every single night. 
See, I absolutely love that. Well, give us an example of some of the things that we can buy and some of the meals that you like to make. So you can use every bit of something rather than having, you know, because I end up with leftovers and I'm still trying to figure out, although now I'm trying to use everything. Like I mentioned, those beet greens, I love them because they didn't have a really strong flavor. They weren't bitter. For some reason, I thought they'd be bitter. They were awesome. No, they're great. Okay, so our, our entire first chapter of the book is devoted to what we call batch cooking. So you'll cook up one main ingredient and you can either use it for everything that week or you can use it for multiple different recipes during the week that are easy to throw together. So for example, do you have a slow cooker, like a crock pot? Yes. Okay. You can go buy a whole organic chicken, stick it in the crock pot with some onions and carrots and a bunch of different seasonings and whatever vegetables you like, cover it with water salt and pepper. I throw a little apple cider vinegar in there to help pull out some more minerals. And I set it on low for like 12 to 18 hours. And then the next day I wake up and I've got an entire chicken that has been cooked. It's super, super soft. So I remove the chicken. I separate the pieces. I dump out all the bones. I save all the vegetables. And then I save all the broth because we know how healthy bone broth is. Oh, I love bone broth. Two recipes in one. You've just made homemade bone broth, which is so healing. And now you've got all this cooked chicken that you can shred up and then you can use it into tacos. You can make our mango and chicken tacos. We've got a sweet and spicy Asian chicken bowl that uses the chicken. You can make a cob salad that we have in there that uses the chicken. Or you can use the broth, use the chicken, use the veggies and make what we call grandma's chicken soup because that's what we grew up on eating was grandma's chicken soup all the time. So there you have one protein done four ways. See, that's awesome. You know what I did this year for the first time is after Thanksgiving, I took the turkey carcass, I threw it in the crock pot. I'm like, I don't know how I didn't do this sooner. I had all this amazing turkey. I made soup out of it. I made some of the other things that you're talking about out of it. And then I had this incredible bone broth and it was fabulous. So that is such a good thing to do. I really like that. And And it's nice when you can take one ingredient, right? But yet it's not boring because it's you're so good with spices, right? So I want to jump into that and sauces too. But you were about to say something. Yeah, no, I said, I was going to say, I did the same exact thing. I took, I had two smoke, I had two turkey carcasses left over and I threw it into the crock pot. And then the next day had this very rich, delicious turkey broth. And then you've got, again, really healing bone broth. And that's the thing, you know, bone broth has been very popular for the past couple of years because we know the healing qualities of all the amino acids that are in there. And it's healing to your gut lining. It's It helps when you've got a cold. It helps open your nasal passages. I mean, we used to call, you know, chicken soup was called Jewish penicillin for a very long time, you know, so we (laughs) we find there's very, very healing properties to that. Um, And you can do so much with it because then you can use the broth also as a vehicle to cook other things. Like if you want to cook up rice or quinoa or beans from scratch, rather than using water, use the broth. It'll make it so much more flavorful as an end product than if you were to use just water. You're so right. You know, my mom used to always make millet and I was never a big fan. And then I made it in chicken broth. And I'm like, you know what? It's still not my favorite, but it's not bad. <laughs> it's not a very good endorsement for millet. But it tastes so much better. But it, right. But it, it tastes, tastes so better, much though. better. But even then I would say yes. like, okay, so take your millet and I'm all about seasoning. So seasoning to me is really important sure. to make food taste good. So you can take your millet and you can cook it in chicken broth that you've homemade, but then you've got to add a ton of spices 
to give it some personality. I mean, food that is naturally very plain and bland, millet, rice, quinoa, even chicken, you know, it's pretty plain unless you, you know, jazz it up with a bunch of really fresh seasonings or fresh herbs or a combination of herbs and spices. You can use things like pink Himalayan sea salt, which I absolutely love. That helps really bring out the flavor. I love to use fresh cracked lemon pepper. Again, pepper also really brings out the flavor in food. Uh, fresh herbs I absolutely love. And always add a little bit of something acidic to your dish, whether it's some lemon juice, some lime juice, maybe a flavored vinegar, because it really brightens the flavor of food and your end product tastes so much better. You know, it's funny. I'm a big fan of Top Chef. And that's that's one of the complaints that the judges will have is there wasn't enough acidity. And it took me a while to figure oh, out what they were talking totally. about. <laughs> I'm like, oh, totally. Okay, and that's the thing. And you usually add the acid right at the end of your dish. So, you know, you want to taste as you're cooking just to make sure that the seasonings are enough. And, you know, when I talk about seasoning, I'm, I'm we're seasoning generously. So if we're, you know, using, let's say we're using like a Mexican blend and it's got cumin and chili mm-hmm. powder and I put some smoked paprika in there and some garlic powder. It's not like a little sprinkling that goes in. I'm going to use a really generous maybe tablespoon or more because as it cooks, it starts to mellow out. And then as you taste it towards the end of the cooking time, you may notice it might need a little bit more. And then that's when you'll hit it with some acid. That's when you'll hit it with some lime juice or a flavored vinegar. And again, that makes the flavors really brighten and pop. Ooh, that is nice. And it's funny you mentioned the smoked paprika because that has been my favorite. And as a matter of fact, uh, last night I made your stuffed peppers, ground turkey, the red, orange, and yellow bell pepper, and you've got yellow, sweet yellow onion and a whole bunch of other stuff, but you've got smoked paprika. And I am just in love with that spice. Oh, me too. It is definitely in my top five favorites. Oh, it is so good. And you know what I love about all your recipes? I mean, they're all whole food ingredients. And the, one of the things that I've been really wanting to do is make that cauliflower, uh, cauliflower, <laughs> that is cauliflower, I say California cauliflower, ca- cauliflower uh, crust. I'm sorry, I trip over my words because I'm so excited. I'm looking at this one picture in the book. It's got red and orange tomatoes and basil. And oh my gosh, it looks insane. I haven't tried that yet. Let's talk about that crust. Oh my gosh, the the cauliflower pizza crust has got to be by far one of my favorite recipes because who doesn't love pizza, you know, oh, but pizza is just this bomb of, a you know, refined carbohydrate crust, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but there's no health benefits to it. So everyone wants sure. to still have pizza. So I came up with the cauliflower pizza crust, which is very popular. There's lots of recipes out there on the web. There's even, you can buy frozen cauliflower pizza crusts at your local, you know, supermarket and Trader Joe's and stuff. But I thought I would rather make it from scratch, which leaves out things like preservatives, and I get to control all the quality of the ingredients. And it's super easy to make. And when we made this for the photo shoot, everyone, after we were done photographing it, dove in. They're like, can we have it? Can we have it? Well, of course. And everyone was like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, this tastes just like the real thing. Wow. Uh, You know, that's that's all I needed to hear. Big smile on my face. And it's very versatile because you can put any type of herbs and seasonings into the crust that you want. You can top it with any kind of topping that you want. You know, you can use a traditional marinara sauce and put other, you know, just cheese on it. Or we put it in the recipe in the cookbook. We did it with our basil pesto, which I just am in love with because it's so bing and with flavor. 
And then we topped it with some fresh tomatoes and fresh basil and some fresh whole milk mozzarella cheese. Simple, clean, bright, delicious. Yeah, I got to make this. Now, I have a question. It does have Parmesan cheese in it. For someone who's non-dairy, will it still work out without that? The Parmesan cheese really acts as a binder, but you can use a non-dairy cheese in there if you want. Like a shredded non-dairy cheese would work. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I think that's nice to know. But I'm de- I want to make it exactly the way you have it. And I want to make mm-hmm. that banging pesto, <laughs> basil oh, lemon pesto. So good. And I use it on so many things. So people usually think pesto is just something that goes with pasta. But we use it yeah. in here on chicken. You can use it stirred into eggs or topped on eggs. It's so good. You could do it mixed into your millet or some kind of rice to give it some personality. So the pesto is really, really versatile. And what are some of the other recipes that you love? I mean, they're all great, but what are the ones that really stand out to you? Well, some of my favorites really, you know, when you look in the chapter on sheet pan dinners, which is the uh, the mm. chapter of the excuse, I don't like doing dishes. No, I oh, don't I like that. doing dishes. So <laughs> the beauty of this is all about sheet pan dinners. So basically take a sheet pan, line it with foil, put all your protein, all your veggies, all your seasonings on top, throw it in the oven cook it all up, serve it all up, throw away the aluminum foil, the dishes are done. And I'm a real fan of the steak fajitas. They have so much flavor. And oh, the great I'm thing is, is you can eat them like fajitas. And if you have leftovers, you can throw them into like little mini corn tacos and have them as little street tacos. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. I have to say the pictures in this There's something in here for everyone. Yeah, there really is. And again, it's busting those excuses because... You give everything to have in your pantry, for goodness sakes. You know, I mean, just take a picture of that, go to the store and go shopping. And you also have kitchen essentials. You've got equipment, you've got spice aisle, you've got the pantry, you've got refrigerator, nuts and seeds, what you should have in your freezer. Then you have stuff. So there's not that excuse. This wasn't the other excuse in the book I saw. Um, I don't have anything in my kitchen. Right. I don't have a ton of ingredients. Okay. Well, that's fine. You don't have a ton of ingredients. Let's work with what you do have. And some of the recipes in that chapter, you know, like our chicken enchilada casserole. I bet you've got a bag of tortilla chips or half-eaten or crumbles. You know, we save all the crumbly <laughs> ends of the bags yeah. of the tortilla chips, all the organic sweet potato ones and the blue corn ones and the ones that have the chia seeds in it. And we crush them all up and we mix them all together with some of the shredded chicken that we might have left over from the crock pot chicken. And all these really great, you know, spices that we put together and some cheese and it all mixes together and it goes into a glass you know pan into the oven and you've got a chicken enchilada casserole and it's just delicious uh, you know you don't you know have it to also have a looks lot of good hmm. oh see that's a good point so i was saying to go out and get ingredients but you're saying wait use what's in your house which is really good and i have to say i've been trying to do that more lately because there's like stuff that i've had in there and i'm like i gotta just use it you know and instead of going out and buying new 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 um, but I think it's good to do a combination, especially if you want to mix it up a bit. And it's funny. I'll tell you, I have a I have a client who I, I go into her house and I look in her pantry and she's got like six of everything. But then she tells me she's missing, you know, she can't make something because she doesn't have it. I'm like, well, stop buying over and over and over again the same stuff you already have. Do a kitchen inventory. Do let me know what you have. Let's, you know, then realize what you don't have so you can go shopping for that. And then you're really well stocked. But it's a combination of things. You want to go shopping for the stuff you don't have, but you also want to figure out a way to use the stuff that you do have. So 
taking a really good quality kitchen inventory is super important to be more successful in having more variety and diversity in what you eat. Yeah, that is so true. All right. I mispronounce everything, but I'm going to try this, Erin. Green shakshuka. You got it. Did I say it right? Woohoo. You did it right. All right. Tell us about this. (laughs) One of of my absolute favorite recipes in this book because the flavor is ridiculously off the chart. Now, shakshuka is a traditional Middle Eastern dish, and it's usually in a tomato and red pepper type sauce, but Mm. we've turned it on its head and we've made it a green shakshuka. So it uses a mixture of all these different baby greens, and you can buy one of those bags that has the the mixed already washed, triple washed baby greens like baby kale and chard and spinach. It's a teeny bit spicy because we use a little bit of jalapeno, tons of seasonings like cumin and smoked paprika, cilantro, lime zest, lime juice. So we make a combination of a sauce from all those greens as well as additional greens that you're cooking it in. And then as you're cooking it, you create little holes in the pan and you crack eggs and we use pasture-raised eggs. And you want it to be, you know, obviously cooked to the degree of doneness that you enjoy your eggs. I like them a little runny. and the, it, Eggs are actually healthier for you when the yolks are runny. Um, and then you serve it up and it's so good because then the yolk kind of acts like an additional creamy sauce. The greens are very bright, you know, a little bit garlicky, a little bit lemony, and it's mm, so nice. satisfying. And honestly, I'll tell you, Lisa, those are two of my most important things is that I want a meal that makes me full and satisfied. Because if I'm just full and not satisfied, I'm still walking around the kitchen looking for something else to eat. <laughs> but if I'm satisfied and not full, that's very temporary. And then I go back later because my stomach is growling. So if I'm both full and satisfied, I've, I've, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, that is the best. Speaking of the best, I love your sauces. So let's jump into some of these because oftentimes you'll have something maybe in your freezer, you have uh, some frozen vegetables and you have chicken cooked and some quinoa cooked and you want to throw something together, which is great, but you're like, ah, this is so bland. And so let's talk about some of these sauces and let's make them ahead of time. So you have them ready to use. Right. And I'm all about making things from scratch. Now, yeah, do I have some bottles of things in my house? Absolutely. Do we use them regularly? No, because the taste difference when you make a sauce or a salad dressing from scratch is significantly different than the stuff you buy in the store. <laughs> and if you ever read the label of the stuff that you buy in the store, high sodium, high sugar, lots of preservatives, things you can't pronounce mm. on the label, you know, probably stuff you shouldn't be eating. But when you make it from scratch, oh my gosh, the flavor is amazing. They stay really well in the fridge. And I'll tell you, Sauces are the boss. They make things just taste great. Like our Thai peanut sauce, everyone went nuts over the Thai peanut sauce and the Asian barbecue sauce. I can't get enough kind words from people about how these sauces (laughs) have, you know, changed the way they look at things. So the Thai peanut sauce, the basil lemon pesto, the cashew harissa sauce. Oh my gosh, that is so good. And if you have never had harissa, it's a Moroccan spice paste, and you can find it, you know, in the most supermarkets now carry it. It's so good. I, all the sauces I love, the miso carrot ginger sauce, the lime avocado sauce, the lem, lemon thyme vinaigrette sauce or salad mm-hmm. dressing, and the miso tahini salad dressing probably has to be one of my, my top three favorites. I, every time I make it, people always, people always ask me, like, what is that flavor I'm tasting? It's just 
so good. You know, of course, I have to let them in on the secret, but they're, they're like, wow, I've never had a salad dressing like that before. Wow, what a good feeling. And I have to say, you have these great spice blends, too. You can make yourself pumpkin pie spice, all-purpose seasoning, Italian blend, Mexican blend. You know, the time goes by way too quickly. I want to mention that Erin developed the recipes for my upcoming book, which you can pre-order now. I'm going to give it a little plug here on Amazon. Uh, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. Everyone, it is not about dirty sex. It's about connecting with your partner, connecting with yourself. And it's all about wonderful foods that are going to improve your sexual health. So I hope you will check it out. Erin, I'm so grateful. The recipes in that book are fantastic as well. But tell us now, uh, when can we get this wonderful book of yours? I absolutely love it. No excuses. 50 plus healthy ways to rock lunch and dinner. Well, thank you. And the book is available now. You go to the website, www.u, that's the letter U, urockgirl.com. And the book is on sale right now. And when you order it, you're going to be getting our free five-day jumpstart meal plan that uses a lot of the recipes in the book. So you can sail oh, through all the rest of the holiday season into the new year, still fitting into your jeans, feeling energized, feeling amazing. So you can go to our website, urockgirl.com, and of course, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And of course, the YouTube channel is filled with exercise videos that we film a new one every single week. So a new workout every week, um, new recipes for the new year, and you're just going to be feeling amazing and enjoying what you eat. See, that is huge. Erin, I am just so thankful that you're in my life and you're in my book and you're on my shows and I just love it. Speaking of being on my shows, everyone check out Naturally Savvy if you haven't. It's another show that I host and we're going to be talking with Erin about clean eating, dirty sex. So be sure to check that out. That'll be out in a couple of weeks. I'm just so excited. Everyone, please rate and review on iTunes, Talk Healthy Today and Naturally Savvy. It really helps the show, gets more listeners, and everyone can enjoy this great health advice and live their healthiest life. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Follow me on Twitter at HealthMediaGal1. Talk Healthy Today, the number two. Get cooking and stay well.